Welcome to Masterminds and Maintenance, a podcast for those with new ideas in maintenance. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm the CEO and founder of RFT. Each week, I'll be meeting with a guest who's had an idea for how to shake things up in the maintenance and reliability industry. Sometimes the idea failed, sometimes it made their business more successful, and other times their idea revolutionized an entire industry. Today, I'm super excited. We've got April Johnson, maintenance manager at PepsiCo here on the show with us today. Welcome. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation, April. Hey, Ryan. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. You know, the way that we always kick things off is just sharing a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you were introduced to this field of maintenance and reliability. So I started in maintenance about 15 years ago, give or take. I was working in the finance department for a few years at the company that I was working at, and they decided to restructure and outsource all of those jobs. So I was laid off, I think, for about 25 to 30 minutes <laughs> when the maintenance manager had you know, called me back and said, hey, we want to bring you to maintenance. I had no maintenance background before that. And he brought me in to work on like storeroom management, helping out with planning and scheduling. And I've been there ever since. I've done storeroom manager, maintenance planner, maintenance supervisor, and CMMS rollouts, integrations over regions and companies, integrated Lean Six Sigma, all those things. I've also earned both my CMRP and CRL certification. So I stuck with it, even though it was kind of like an accidental thing to ever even get into it. I remember that story when we were talking just a few months ago. And I'm just like, wow, you, you went from finance into this maintenance department and it's been 15 years. You've done your CMRP, your CRL. That's amazing, April. It sounds like you really love this space, this industry to, to keep you in it for so long. I do. You know, as we continue our short series that dives deeper into the different jobs within the maintenance and reliability field, I'm really excited to take a closer look at what the day in a life looks like for a maintenance manager. April. So to kick things off, you know, what are some responsibilities in day-to-day -day tasks that a maintenance manager has to be responsible for? Most leadership roles are responsible to remove the obstacles from my team. It's almost like being an orchestra conductor. There's all these different, you know, functions that come together and I just kind of get to get to stand there and, and time everybody in and like, okay, parts, now it's your turn, it's your turn kind of deal. Maintenance managers deal a lot with budgets and overtime and stuff like that, the not so fun stuff. Also, repeating priorities, finding the resources to do the work that needs to be done, scheduling, working with production and quality, trying to get the time and the resources on the machine that you need, the skills that you need. I do a lot of coaching and developing with my team. So I'm big on the psychology 101, the Maslow hierarchy of meetings. I'm like, yeah, that really does apply to work. And for you guys to do your best and hit that self-actualization, I got to make sure that you're safe. You got your tools and materials that you need. You're working in a supportive team and that everyone in the building respects the work that you you know, I give them all the everything they need at the bottom of the pyramid. They're just going to soar. So that's that's what I'm doing. There is this component of, you know, actually going out into the field, turning wrenches, getting the parts, supplies and scheduling. But that's one of many different pieces of what it sounds like a maintenance manager does on a day to day basis. You see us on the floor, you probably see 10 percent of our work. Yeah. If you call us on a breakdown, you saw about 10% of our work. You didn't see the 90% of what goes into that so that we can be able to do that and 
and what we're doing when you guys aren't here you know, to keep the stock breakdowns from happening and things like that. I'm super curious. We'd love to dig a little bit deeper into that. Like, what does your team look like, April? And what are the different roles, responsibilities within your team and department? So I have a um, maintenance planner scheduler. And they're constantly looking at, at we have like preventative and predictive maintenance tasks that they're doing. So they're planning out, you know, we know that we need to replace this every six months or we need to inspect this. So they have to work really close with our parts team because they're getting the parts there for them. You can't schedule and complete the work until the parts have arrived. So they work really close together. I have crew leads and also supervisors. So crew leads more reactive in what they're responding to versus like the supervisors, the planners, they're all doing the proactive work. I want to say you have like reactive team. I have a team of multi-skilled um, technicians. There's electricians, mechanics, and multiple mechanics. Some of them will also have an additional skill, whether it be welding or something like that, but we kind of look for multi-skilled versus in a lot of union facilities. I have this skill, I have this skill. Here we have like a more blended workforce and then there's me, and then we have some engineers who also fall under our um, under my umbrella, who work more on the on reliability and process improvement. You know, kind of working on changeovers, startups. You know, streamlining those types of activities. There's so much that goes into to, to maintenance, and like you mentioned, it's only like 10% when you see someone turning wrenches out on the production yes. floor. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, April, what are some of the hard and soft skills that someone needs to develop in order to become a maintenance manager? I think once you hit the maintenance manager level, it's less about are you, you have mechanical and electrical aptitudes. I think it's somewhat assumed by that point that you, that you do. Higher level troubleshooting skills would be important. You know, there's a um, saying that mechanics who troubleshoot or, you know, technicians who troubleshoot and ones that just change parts and start the machine and see if it runs. <laughs> like, okay, that didn't work. Let's change these parts. Start. No, that didn't work. Change these parts. But when you get to the point where you're really troubleshooting and following a logical process to finding problems and where you can guide and coach your team through that, becoming process-oriented on understanding all those different legs that make work happen is really big so that you can help out the mechanics and technicians faster because really they're your customer as a maintenance manager so you kind of understand your your customer and how to service them and then problem solving skills I would say would be humongous whether it's you're doing RCAs and you're doing fishbones and breakdown analysis on a part really really being grounded in those in those skills with soft skills for a maintenance manager, I find it hard, time management, communication skills. You're constantly talking to everybody from operators, the people on the floor, vendors. You gotta be able to communicate with them in a way that you can understand, but is also not, I don't know, um, talking down to them, you know? Organizational skills and follow up. Every day something new is coming up and have a methodical process about how you you manage your work. Sometimes when you're on the floor, you're firefighting and you're running around, you got the cape on like Superman. Like you don't really get to be Superman as a maintenance manager. You gotta be Clark Kent. 
<laughs> I love the analogies here, April. Um, but I mean, what, I, what I'm hearing is like, to be a, become a maintenance manager, it's about developing the skills to be able to teach and train 10 others. And when I hear you say process, it's not just process to create more hoops and hurdles for other people. It's process that people can follow a standardized format that all gets us to the same outcome, whether you know very little or you know a lot. How do you measure your own success as a maintenance manager? And how should other maintenance managers measure their own success? You know, there's thousands of KPIs out there. There's, there's ones for, you know, your whole plant, your cost to produce, cost per unit, availability, OEE. In the beginning of my career, I was always focused on like three or four and like, oh, these are my critical KPIs and I got to get this. And over maybe the last year or two, I kind of changed my perspective and, and thought to myself, okay, a lot of times maintenance, we do by default kind of silo ourselves off. And I've even heard technicians say, our goals aren't the same as theirs. And so I'm growing up and getting older and saying, no, our, we're all working towards the same thing. We have to be, we can't be fragmented. So the way that I actually measure my success now is I look at the work that I'm doing and I look to see if it, aligns to plants or the company's objectives. What am I doing to help further that, that? And if I can't clearly point, look at what I'm doing and say that is helping that objective or that's in our mission statement or that's in our vision statement. Like if I can't really do that about what I spend the majority of my time doing, I'm probably focused on the wrong thing. I'm being more major maintenance centric. So I need to understand what my company's vision is, what my plant's vision is, align my department to that vision, and then measure our success based on that. That's such a, an important perspective, April. Because I 100% I, I hear you when I hear other people talk about like, hooray, I've got you know, close to 100% PM compliance, but uh, we had 30 hours of downtime last month. It's like, it's not great, hooray for you, but those goals aren't aligned to the company's goals. Or like, oh yeah, our mean time to be between failures, really low, but we have like six mission critical pieces of equipment go down. Like it's not just the mean that the company cares about. And so what I hear you say is it's important to track all these KPIs, but if these KPIs don't lead you to the same outcome that your business is focused on, what your plan is focused on, what production is focused on, it doesn't mean that we should all be cheering for success. And my guess is it goes the same way the other way. You know, if the business is successful, if your plant is successful, and sure, maybe we didn't hit that 99% PM compliance like we wanted to, like that's okay as well on the flip side. Me, KPIs are supposed to tell you that you're doing the right thing. You know, they're supposed to, if it gets better, it's supposed to mean that you're making the right decisions. But when you get so obsessed with the KPI, I had a planner once who was like obsessed with getting to that 100% PM compliance. So he closed all PMs, but two here. So he was 100% for a year because there was only two. And I was like, that's not, that's not it, dude. Yeah, that's <laughs> not it. <laughs> that's not it. That's not success. That's not what it's supposed to look like. So April, I'm curious, you know, when you, from when you first started out to now where you are today, what are some of the challenges that you've seen in the, you know, maintenance management space and being a maintenance manager? 
there's more collaboration than there used to be. It's like things like this, even like a podcast or when I first started out in maintenance, it was so hard to get information. I really feel like it was. Like I it was a struggle, it was a fight to learn what another company was doing or what somebody else was doing within the same space. So I've noticed over the years now it's it's much more open and much more inclusive even. I see more women doing this now than I did when I started. I was like the only woman I knew doing it for for a while. So I also see a lot of new technology, a lot of new ways to collect data, a lot of ways to analyze data too, to store information and then make it usable. So I think those are the biggest changes I've seen since I came into the field. There's so much change and you know, really glad to be doing these types of community building exercises for our community, for people who are in the space and in the industry. So really excited about that. You know, April, what's one piece of advice that you give to someone who's interested in becoming a maintenance manager? Work on building two skills, your people skills and your problem solving skills. And they kind of go together sometimes because sometimes people can have problems. <laughs> but you, you work with a very diverse group of people, I think, in maintenance, especially generationally. There's, there's a lot of cross right now. And I know a lot of people are, are about to retire out of the industry. And then you have technicians who are just starting out. And we all work so different. <laughs> so, I mean, work on your, on your people skills because you can't lead people if you can't work with people. And you need to be able to sometimes step back and take emotion out of it and almost treat some of your people issues like a machine issue and do an RCA and figure out what happened. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. weird that I've done that before and it actually got me to an answer a lot faster than listening to. <laughs> I can tell that you've been in the industry for quite some time. Just the way that you problem solve problem solve people problems too. But I I love it as well. It starts to leak into other stuff in your life too. I think I I wrote a 36 90 day plan for my kids once, and they were like, "Mom, what is this?" That's great. <laughs> Let's sit it. down and figure out why you can't get up for school on time. <laughs> April. Lastly, what do you love about being uh, a maintenance manager? What do you love about your, your job, your role? I really enjoy working with the people that I work with. I think I work with amazing people doing challenging work. So I'm never bored. That's awesome. And lastly, how can our listeners connect with you and follow you on your journey? So I'm on LinkedIn as I use my middle initial there's like a million April Johnsons in the world <laughs> as April C. Johnson, or also you could email me at april.johnson47 at yahoo.com. Well, thank you so much, April, for joining us. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's Masterminds and Movements. My name is Ryan Chan. I'm the CEO and founder of Upkeep. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email directly at ryan at onupkeep.com. Until next time, thanks again, April. Thank you.